kind of drawn out, wasn't it? Hello, everybody, and welcome back <laughs> to another episode of that podcast. My name is Ryan Jakey, and as always, I'm joined by Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura. Oh, wow. <laughs> What's the matter? Jeez. That was funny. I definitely did have the moment of, like, disassociation where I was, like, hit the button. Like, I was like, usually I, she waits, uh, you yep. know. I, I, I want to hear the whole song. We don't get to hear enough So of I want, I, I'd like you to read uh, the the very... Um, you want to go right into it. The, the discerning email that just came in. I want you oh, to read the, that. Oh, that. The, the from, brand new yeah. one. From a, a mysterious uh, Brian B. Brian B. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I will read it. Uh, I, I want to disclaim this by saying I paid no one. <laughs> and I have no idea who we're, this person is. We're still waiting on the bank accounts to come back That's so we right. can get a full yeah, this, synopsis. This is, this is fresh. Yep. Fresh off the interwebs. Oh, still hot. Oh, yeah, it is. It says, hey, guys and gals, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you how swell I think your host is. That Ryan fella is like the John Elway of podcast hosts. He sure is keen. My favorite part of the show is when he says riveting. I'm not sure why the millennial lady tries to censor him. It makes me sad. That CJ guy is okay too, but let's face it, Ryan is bussin', no cap. I can't wait to hear him every week. He puts a smile on my face every week. Maybe he should get his own spinoff show. Sincerely, Brian Banky. No, you don't know me. I think I know who this is. Do you John Elway? No, no, I, <laughs> I, I think I know who this is. It's somebody who has emailed us before, and it's nobody that either of you two know. I bet I know who this is. Well, I just want to say that regardless of whether this is an alias or or actually someone named Brian B, I agree completely <laughs> with everything you just said. I, I have one thing to bring up, though, that isn't true. Ryan okay. doesn't need a spinoff show. This, this, this is, is the Ryan show. show. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Whatever. I think I know who this is. In fact, I'm going to send a text to this person right now. So that's the email came in. If uh, if anyone else feels the same way, you can email us. <laughs> at if that, you disagree, what, that, uh, if we, have, we have time for uh, 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 what? What's the word I'm looking for? A counter argument. Uh, well, if you disagree with anything that was said, uh, feel free to uh, uh, email uh, Ryan at his old email, rjanky at hotspot.com or hotmail or do they even have that anymore is no, hotmail still a thing no 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 hotmail's still a thing is it really is it yeah oh really mm-hmm. hmm. i'll have to get into my old account and see if i have any mail <laughs> i've been <laughs> i've been swallowed by the googles i i don't know of anything prior to that i had an email when i was in seminary and it was luthersem.edu and i used that for a long time until i discovered that you know Gmail is much easier. Mm-hmm. Just use that. Um, my yeah. ver- my very first email is embarrassing because I my dad helped me set it up. He's like, you need to make sure you can remember all of it. And my favorite animal at the time was flamingos. Uh-huh. So it was Flamingo Sarah. But hmm. I spelt flamingo wrong. Oh. <laughs> so nobody knew how to <laughs> nope. email you? Nope, just Facebook. The, the crazy thing was uh, that when it first came out, I was like, I don't, do I have to capitalize this letter? Right. Like, does this yeah. need to be capitalized? I have no idea. Is it going to make a difference? Yep. Well, Ryan, I just want you to know that you are bussin'. AOL. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
this person, whoever wrote it, they must listen a lot because they touched on a lot of yeah. different. It's, there's a lot there to about. unpack. Back in the catacombs. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I, it just the, the wording of, of everything. Uh, I just wanted to take a minute to tell you how swell I think your host is. For a while, I was doing the the um, little plugs for organizations around around town, yeah. and I would say I just wanted to take a minute. Blah blah blah. This person, is, yeah, they they've there's, there's some. This is, this is a fan. Yeah, this is some stuff here. I do think you, I know who it might be. Do you know what the ter- where the term fan came from? Uh, fanatic. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have a fanatic on yeah. your hands. I think I know who it is. We'll see if I get a text back. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, you'll have to give us an update uh, yep. live if they if they get back to you. <laughs> but no, I we both Sarah and I were both like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, this is Ryan's show. There's no need for <laughs> yep. a spinoff. Whatever. It's, it's Ryan here to talk. DJ here to bring in the what's the nut house or whatever you're the, the theological nitwittery. Yeah. That's what it is. And I'm here to press buttons. Mm-hmm. So now. Are you a millennial lady? Yes. I always, they change so much. I heard um, someone who's only a couple years younger than me uh, self-describe as a millennial. Mm -hmm. Pastor Paul likes to try to remind me that I could technically be a Gen Z, but I don't pay attention to that. What's the difference? I didn't eat Tide Pods. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's, I feel like it's a couple years difference. I feel like the main difference is like, for millennials, internet. Oh, I switched my mic okay. around. Now I'm hitting things. Careful right. with the equipment. Um, millennials, like, internet was a part of your life for like 90% of it. Okay. And like Gen Z was born and the internet's always been there. So you remember when there wasn't yeah. internet? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember, I remember like, too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> a, a profound part of my life. Uh, <laughs> there's internet access. How did we do that? Encyclopedias. Do you ever think back like to the eighties and with my kids, my kids will let me know that's ancient times. Yeah. And I'm thinking the eighties just seems so like it, it kind of like what I would have thought of the fifties when I was a kid. Oh yeah. Just this idyllic, yeah. everything's in sepia, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's what the eighties is. It's now. just a, the yeah. best time ever. I just recently saw something. I have a friend who their kids started kindergarten this year and they had a sign that said class of 2034. Oh. Yep. And I threw up a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. A little bit in my mouth. I remember when, when the year 2000 was there. Well, that, that'll never get here. Like that's right. so far away. Yeah. Man, it's a long time ago. Yeah. Now we're back in the twenties. Yeah. We went, yeah, we went through, think of all the things like AOL and. Well, think about this. Those who, um, well, it's 2021, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's a whole generation of people entering the workforce that don't recall what life was like prior to 9/11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's or, or getting crazy. On a, getting on an airplane. Yeah. Um, as we record this, uh, 9/11 is is uh, the anniversary. The 20th anniversary mm-hmm. is coming up on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So on Saturday, and uh, so there's a lot of documentaries. I've been watching a ton mm-hmm. of them, mm-hmm. and it is weird, you know, like. Um, the uh, uh, the hijackers, they were talking about the timeline of when they got on the planes and stuff. So they arrived at the airport at this time, and 20 minutes later, they boarded the airplane. Like, now you got to oh. wait two hours, you mm-hmm. know. Do you know what else is really weird? Huh? I think I was almost Sarah's age when 9-11 happened. 
I just thought about that. You're 25, 26? 26. I was 24. You were? Yeah. 24. Yeah. 23, 24. You were 23. I was 23 as well. Was I was in the first grade. I think I was 23. Yeah, I was... I Okay. I was almost 24. Yeah. Because my birthday was just a few months after. Yep, yep. That's yeah. That would be right. Twenty three. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. you in a whole new light, Sarah. <laughs> Twenty three years old, man. That was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. As my kids <laughs> like to tell me, and I, it, it's becoming more and more apparent. I am old. Yep. One I'm of the old. one of the people currently on staff has no problem letting you know that that you're not you not you personally. Oh, more you specifically, Ryan. Me specifically. That yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm going to run that one into the ground. (laughs) I'm going to take it across the finish line and then make sure that the trailer and everything else is passed too. I'm going to. And then throw it in reverse and go back (laughs) just to be on the safe side. So I I want to ask a question. This I didn't ask mention this to you guys in advance, but like, and you don't have to answer this one way or another. I just want to throw it out there. Like what, what are your thoughts on global warming? Is that something that you're worried Mm. about? Something that you're. You're not worried about it's. It's been a part of our culture for so mm-hmm. long. Like before I was born, I remember mm-hmm. hearing that uh, they were concerned about global cooling. But our entire life long, there was the the ozone layer hole. Oh yeah, in, in the eighties and nineties, they used to have mm-hmm. this. You know that that was a big deal. They don't mm-hmm. ha- they don't make hairnet anymore the way right. they did with the aerosol cans because yep. it was making yep. a hole. And then it was global warming in the nineties and two thousands. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you know the the term is climate change, but you're hearing a lot about that. Um, what what are your thoughts? What do you think about that stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how deep into the ditch I want to go with this one. That's where I'm at. I mean, like I always think about it as like I feel like I've grown up always like recycling. Yeah, you you just try to do you your just best. Do it. Yeah, yeah. And but then it's also the like I feel like I've learned a lot recently about um, unfortunately the like as just regular citizens if every single person recycled composted did that perfectly you would never be able to offset the amount of you know carbon emissions and stuff like that from big box businesses so right well yeah it's not a problem that any one place can fix Mm -hmm. or even really define um the reason i bring it up is that i i had a word of hope and it's it's this it's the reality of technology when we face any type of adversity. Uh, there is, it was on the news like a day or two ago. There is this company in Iceland that's figured out how to take the carbon out of the atmosphere mm. and put mm. it in the ground. And I'm like, that is amazing. Okay. And so if the the concern is that we need to be carbon neutral in the world and i don't even you know i don't i'm not an expert on this stuff i don't Mm -hmm. understand this stuff but you hear about it in the news Mm -hmm. um like that's impossible to do by 2050 if everyone just Mm -hmm. stopped you know stopped using carbon today like no more driving cars no more breathing i mean everything yeah you'd have to stop everything um but with this you can extract the carbon, if, 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 if it's a harmful emission or mm-hmm. you need it at a certain level, you can literally extract it out of the atmosphere and bury it in the ground. Mm-hmm. That's I, amazing. Yeah, I, I think, I think um, you know, 
unfortunately, so many things get politicized all the time, and this is one of those that has has become that way. But if there is technology to do that, why not? Do you ever sometimes like hear about technology like that? Um, I feel like there was a joke running around for a while, like, oh, 2020 is coming up and we're still not living like the Jetsons. Like, I don't have my flying car. I don't have all that type of stuff. But then you hear about stuff that's actually happening. You're like, Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not far off. It's just that we don't have the, like, (laughs) space-themed everything and your robot in your home. But if you have an Alexa or anything like that, you kind of do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone has a supercomputer in their pocket. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever watched any of the old James Bond movies and you're like, oh, the gadgets are really cool? They're not really cool anymore. No, talking <laughs> into your watch. Or- <laughs> we have them all already. <laughs> anyway, I just I, I, I just thought that, you know, that's a word of hope and we don't always mm-hmm. hear a whole lot of good mm-hmm. things in the news. And that's one that my entire life has been talked about that, you know, that we're, we're polluting the planet mm-hmm. and it's going to be um, uh, disastrous at some point. And yet, the solution is ultimately um, technological advancement. Mm-hmm. You know, not only that, they they have these. There's another technology that's called clean carbon, like it or clean coal. It cleans mm, the coal, mm-hmm. so coal doesn't pollute. That's an amazing thing too. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, just curious what what yeah yeah you, you've what you've heard it so much that it's almost like I, I, I people can become like in a state of despair mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. problems like that, you know, and there are big existential problems, um, mm-hmm. but look to find the hope. Mm-hmm. Yep. Find solutions. Carbon capture, capture carbon emissions, carbon capture, carbon capture technology. Looks interesting. I'll have to check yeah. it out. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as we as we learn new things and we do new things and we figure things out, we change the way we do things. Just like you said with recycling, you know. I mean, I remember as a kid, I, what what's the statute of limitations on littering? <laughs> you know, like I remember whipping a styrofoam yeah. container from McDonald's out the window. When, when the police when are was, on their way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you learn stuff. You mm-hmm. you grow and, and everybody learns. And so, I mean, if that's a technology that is available, that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, it really Well, is. or even like this, um, oh, adopt a highway. I'm sure that used to be a big thing of like, I remember when I was in college, one of like the organizations I was in, we had a section and twice a year we'd go and clean it up. And yep. it was weird because like less and less, there was less stuff. Like there was less like trash that you actually would pick up. It'd be like, oh, this mm-hmm. isn't like somebody's fast food cup that they chucked out the window or anything like that. It was like, oh yeah, some plastic that fell off of something. Or mm-hmm. I think when things become um, simple and e- like, mm-hmm. like 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 recycling. Yeah. Well, every house you can get a recycling bin. Mm-hmm. And most places now do no sort recycling. Right. Just throw it all in. Just throw it all in. The more the more things become convenient and simple, the more mm-hmm. they they get used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's great. Anyway, just a little stuff. Little little side there. Cool. Very cool. Should we transition? Sure. Are you, are you ready for this? As <laughs> ready as I'm going to be. <laughs> All right. We got, a, so the, I don't know if we often do two listener emails, but the one was very impromptu. And I've, I'm texting, <laughs> I'm texting uh, back and forth with uh, this uh, person who I'm going to name as a suspect at this point. Uh-huh. Um, Have you accused them outright yet? Like no, I've asked the hands. question. I've asked the question. Uh, I'm getting a lot of dancing around <laughs> the answer. So we'll see. 
<laughs> um, side note really quick before we dive into this. Speaking uh-huh. of suspects. Oh. I got a... We, you never solved the mystery of the candy corn for our listeners who know candy about this. Corn. No, I, I never did. Uh, but on Sunday, oh, on Sunday, as I was leaving the building, I walked into my office to lock up and there was a big bag of Werther's original coffee flavored candies. Ooh. And I, and I looked at it and I was like, what, <laughs> whatever I'm going home. Do you not like Werther's? I love them. Okay. The coffee flavored yeah. ones. Oh, I love them. Okay. So there's a story. So, uh, during graduation season, I went to a graduation, mm-hmm. uh, and, and this family is, uh, their members here and they are also, uh, friends of, of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids are, uh, have been friends since a very early age. And so we went to the graduation party and they had the Werther's original coffee flavored hard candies there. Mm-hmm. You sweeping them off every oh, table into your I, pockets. I was I was eating them like they were M and M's. Loved them. So anyway, uh, they took notice of this and they're like, "Wow, you really like those things, huh?" Oh, these are great. I didn't even think of it until mm-hmm. I got home on Sunday and I was there for a while. And all of a sudden, I had a text message saying, "Hey, we left uh, a package for you on your desk." And I was like, "Ah, all right. Oh, they're so good." <laughs> so I going back to suspects, though, you might want to be on high alert in the coming weeks because. Okay. Um, Somebody who may or may not have been involved in the candy corning of mm-hmm. last year texted the candy me corning. with it's a target brand of a trail mix and it's candy corn crunch and it's honey roasted peanuts, candy corn, raisins, and pretzel <laughs> balls. Okay. With the question, do you think that this needs to find its way to that podcast? And I said, Ooh, you know, I think it could. Well, I will say this. I'm going to set a camera up in my office. <laughs> Who said it's going to go to your office? Well, uh, we'll see. We, we we'll tell see him what... once that it's the Ryan show, and all of a sudden, people are coming to his office. He's getting fan mail. Yep. And... Oh, big star. Yeah. Fa- I, he, I'm just, fan he can mail. barely go out to the grocery store, I bet. Fan I, mail. I'm just excited to be in his orbit. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> polluted my office with candy corn. That, that's How is that fan mail? <laughs> Whatever, we've got an email right, back, to get to. Back on track. You need to start saying, like, I don't like $100 bills. <laughs> Do you know I hate yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups? That's yeah. right. Can't you know, one up. thing I would hate to have on my desk would be Reese's peanut butter cups and or $20 bills. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, the please, worst. please don't put any $20 bills on <laughs> Uh, uh, of all the bills, that's the worst one. All right, so we're going way off into the past, the ditch, and into the field now. But uh, uh, when Zach was here, I had a harebrained scheme uh, to raise funds for for mission trips, uh-huh. and that was to uh, go up on the roof in the winter time for a, you know a few days, and we'd have to raise so much money to get us off the roof. And then as we th- we thought about it, we're like. Maybe we should do it the other way and raise so much money to get us up on the roof. Yes. Because I bet that would be more of a more of an incentive. Make Ryan and Zach stay on the roof for three days when it's twenty below zero. Right, outside. right, right. Up there where there's no break from the wind whatsoever. <laughs> How strong but, is your winter coat? Yeah, well, that never materialized. Well, yeah, I mean that sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'd pay ten bucks to get you up there. No, not doing it. <laughs> I would guess that uh, Gail, our director of operations, would say this in the most loving fashion. Workman's comp does not cover stupidity. Yes, that may have been said. <laughs> May or may not have been said at one point. <laughs> I can neither <laughs> or confirm yeah. or deny. So that that fundraiser never materialized. Uh, we'll just put it that way. Maybe next year. <laughs> or not. <laughs> All right, here we are. Yes. Are you ready Back for this? Email. All right. Uh, if you're driving, you may want to pull over so that you can take notes because there's a lot here. Yes. Hello. That's not too much. I love to listen to your podcast, and I appreciate your insights on many things. I have two questions specifically about Atonement Church. Number one, during the sacrament of communion at Atonement, the pastors will say, all who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are welcome, that was in quotations, Mm -hmm. to participate in the Lord's Supper. But what of Martin Luther's declaration of Communio indignorum. Does this not mean all are welcome whether they believe or not? That was the first question. Do you want me to read the whole thing and then we'll go back? Or do you want to? You can read the whole thing, then we'll, okay. then we'll go back. All right. Then number two. I have found that certain Lutheran churches will celebrate the Lord's Supper weekly, while others bi-weekly or sometimes even less. Why do you only celebrate the Lord's Supper every other week? Thank you and God bless you. Yeah. That's from Anonymous. Yeah, so um, there is a lot here. Oh, there's a lot. And I love it when folks bring in the Latin. Yeah, you uh, you do. You do. I love it. Anyway, so uh, uh, the term that is used speaks of Martin Luther's Declaration of Communio Indignorum. And Mm -hmm. and we're talking about the Lord's Supper. Now, there's two um, ways of understanding who can receive the Lord's Supper that I can think of? There may be more, but there's there's two primary ways. One is called um, close communion, and this is this is practiced primarily in the churches that I know of, uh, the Roman Catholic Church and um, certain Lutheran churches, like the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, Wisconsin uh, Evangelical Lutheran Synod, where. Um, if you are not a member in good standing of that church, you are not invited to come forward to receive the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Um, the the other way of, of understanding the invitation to communion in worship is called open communion. Um, and, and there's all kinds of different levels for that. But basically it's saying, um, even if you're not a member of this congregation, even if you've not been assessed or, 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 or evaluated by the pastor, um, the invitation invites you to come forward to receive the sacrament in some way, shape or form. Pretty much all Lutheran churches used to practice close communion in the United States. Um, in fact, it was not uncommon that Communion would be had maybe four times a year. Mm-hmm. And on that day, worship could be as long as three hours. Wow. Uh, including like a like a congregational celebration. Like a, you have the Lord's Supper during worship, and then you have like lunch together, like a potluck. Okay. Um, but before you could receive communion on that Sunday, you had to meet with the pastor the previous Wednesday 
And during that time, uh, that Wednesday's evaluation with the pastor, it was kind of like confession. Oh, wow. Yeah. You would go and and you would, you know, just like the Catholics, Lutherans have practiced confession since our start. It's never really gone away. It's just taken different forms. So are you saying everybody who wanted to get communion on Sunday would have to meet with the pastor, whether regardless whether they've met with the pastor three times last year? Right. If you want to have communion this Sunday, it doesn't matter who you got to come in. Okay. And so what grew out of that, and, and I'm, I'm talking late 19th, uh, 19th century, early 20th century, um, was a, a service of corporate confession and forgiveness that would happen on Wednesday evening in order for preparation for communion on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, some churches still to this day will, you know, if you're visiting like a Missouri Synod church and you want to receive the sacrament, you need to meet with the pastor in advance. Like that's a standard rule. And it's it, it comes back to this phrase of communio indignorum. Okay. Okay. So what is communio indignorum? It means the the communion of the of the unworthy. Okay. Okay. And it's a quote that's coming from 1 Corinthians 11. So if you guys got your... Bible apps with you. Mm-hmm. You want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is where we hear um, basically the form of teaching on the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is mentioned by Jesus in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's it's, men- it's mentioned, um, it, it, it's declared directly in Matthew, Mark, and Luke where Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper on the night in which he's betrayed. Yep. Um, in the upper room, in the midst of the Seder meal, which was tied to Passover. Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper by um, taking the bread and taking the wine and basically announcing, uh, establishing that the bread and the wine in the event of eating and drinking together is his body and blood. Okay. Okay, so as Lutherans, we believe that Jesus Christ is truly present in, with, and under the bread and the wine. Mm -hmm. The bread truly is his body, and the wine truly is his blood in the event of the Lord's Supper when we worship. Okay. Okay. It's The Catholics teach that they permanently become the body and blood of Jesus. We teach it, it's in the event. Uh Okay, which means when the event is done, the elements where Jesus promises to be are still bread and wine and can be stored um, faithfully and reverently to be used again. Um, So that's, that's one of the difference between Lutherans that teach, we teach the real presence of Jesus. Uh, The Catholic church teaches transubstantiation or, or a, a form of metaphysics that Aristotle taught where the substance of something changes. Okay. Okay. So, I probably mentioned this before, but it's always good to repeat. Um, Aristotle distinguished between something substantia and its accidents. So, for example, um, you might have uh, beautiful blonde hair, mm-hmm. but you dyed it pink. Okay. The substance of your hair is blonde. Mm-hmm. The accident, what it looks like, is pink. And I kind of think of it like this, like if like you fall, fall down the stairs and you break your leg, you had an accident, right? Mm-hmm. The broken leg is the accident. It's not what the substance of your leg is. Yep. And it'll return to its substance 
once it's healed up. It's the same thing with, with this term. And so the substance of the bread and the wine is bread and wine until the words of institution are spoken. And then the substance, and this is in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. the substance becomes Jesus while the accidents, what it looks like, is still bread and wine. Okay. Are you, are, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So blonde hair is substance. Diet pink, that's an accident. It yeah. looks pink, but it's actually, you're still a blonde. You're not a, you know, your hair color is blonde. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Okay. <laughs> so that's what Roman Catholics do. We speak of the real presence, that when the words of institution are announced or proclaimed, Jesus promises to be present in, with, and under the bread and the wine for you who wish to receive him by faith. If there's no faith, then you are receiving Jesus unworthily. Okay. Okay. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 11, verse 17. This is what the Apostle Paul says about the Lord's Supper. He said, oh, we're going to skip down a little bit. Um, Verse 23 of chapter 11, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If you've ever been to worship at a Lutheran church, this is what we say. Mm -hmm. This is is the the standard of, of the words of institution. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. If you've ever heard Pastor Becky do Mm -hmm. the words of institution, she always says it up to this point. Yep. Now, this is where we get into the communio indignorum. Verse 27, it says, Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. Okay? Yep. So, what does that mean? For Lutherans, regardless of whether you believe in Jesus or not, in the event of the Lord's Supper, if you eat the bread and drink the cup... Whether you believe it or not, you're receiving Jesus Christ where he promises to be. If, it, if he's received in faith, then you are receiving him worthily. Okay. Because you are believing what he's giving. Okay. What is he giving in the Lord's Supper? He's giving two things. He's giving himself as your Lord and Savior when he says, this is my body given for you. And how do you know that you've received Jesus you eat the bread, mm-hmm. you drink the wine. It goes physically into your body. You cannot deny it. It's not an idea. It's not a feeling. It's not a thought. It's an action. It's an event that's happened to you. Mm-hmm. So when the devil's whispering in my ear saying, God doesn't love you, God doesn't care about you, or you're such a sinner, God would never forgive you. Mm-hmm. I can say, yeah, I'm a sinner. What of it? Yep. I ate the bread. I drank the wine. It is his body and his blood given and shed for me for the forgiveness of my sins. Where he goes, I will go also. That's a statement of faith. Mm-hmm. And so the sacrament is received worthily through faith alone. And that's the only way it can be received um, uh, worthily. Okay. 
Receiving it unworthily is to say, I don't believe that Jesus is in with and under the bread and the wine. I don't believe that my sins are forgiven in the eating and the drinking. Why is that being taken unworthily? Because you're not taking Jesus at his word. Because he's the one who says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. This cup is the new testament in my blood. This cup is the new covenant, the new promise, the new contract, the new agreement that I'm making with you um, for the forgiveness of your sins. So if you don't have faith in the promise that's given in the Lord's Supper and you eat it or drink it, you're actually eating it to your condemnation. But the condemnation is saying, I don't trust God to be true in his word. That's the condemnation. Okay. It's the original sin. And so that's the warning. Don't take this. Churches that practice close communion are protecting against someone unworthily taking the sacrament. Okay. Now, for us in LCMC um, and other churches that practice a more open communion, it's proclamation to the people that is saying, hey, God is showing up in this thing. Do you want it? If you want it, come and receive it by faith. Mm-hmm. Um, what we don't say is the negative, which is, however, if you don't want Jesus, don't come and take this because mm-hmm. it'll lead to your condemnation. Because we trust that the promise creates what it requires. Mm-hmm. Faith. Okay. So the, the argument could be made, though, that somebody may not even come up there without the Holy Spirit uh, sending them up there. Yeah, there's right? all kinds of speculating arguments. But what, what we're saying is what's happening in the Lord's Supper is proclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's an, there's a, a, a con, an older practice um, that you get baptized first. And so you can hear, you know, it, it says here at, at, at atonement, we say all who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are welcome. Well, what used to be said and what is still said from time to time is all baptized and believing Christians are welcome. Okay. Because we're not limiting it to just atonement's members, but anyone who's come to worship, it's a proclamation that Jesus has shown up and he's shown up for you. If you want to receive him, come and receive him. And so it's offering the promise and trusting that God creates what he requires rather than saying, but if you're, um, if you're not one of us, you can't come. Okay. Because there's an there's an evangelistic thread that can come out of the Lord's Supper as well. Usually people, if they don't, if they're not members of atonement or they don't want to receive the sacrament, they don't. Mm-hmm. And we don't um, have a practice of, of giving the sacrament to uninitiated children. Usually we'll say like f- by fourth grade, we want you to go through catechism uh, uh, first communion instruction to understand these things of mm-hmm. what it is you're receiving. Why do we do that? Because the promise creates what it requires, faith in Jesus Christ alone. Um, so during, during the Reformation, however, you have this time of persecution where you have to become a bit more strict in certain things. And so you have... Uh, the statement communio indignorum, where unless we are in full agreement on all doctrine, we cannot share the Lord's Supper together. That's more of an official statement between church bodies. 
than it is when people come into the worship space. Um, like for example, when um, I was in the ELCA, the ELCA was all about making communion agreements with other church bodies in whom they were not in full doctrinal agreement with or full teachings. Mm -hmm. And so they would write documents that would mean one thing to one group and another thing to the ELCA. Well, that's not a, that's not a consensus. That's not a full communion consensus. That's basically just saying, well, we, we, we recognize that we're both Christians and we have the same Lord. And, but on, on other stuff, we are in, in disagreement for like the Lord's supper Mm -hmm. for Lutherans. Jesus Christ is truly present in, with, and under the bread and the wine. That's not the case with the Reformed Church or um, the United Church of Christ. That's not what they teach. Okay. And yet the ELCA joined a full communion agreement with them on things that in our confessions would say, wait, we're not in full agreement with them, and that's why we're two different church bodies. Okay. So communio indignorum has more to do with more to do with um, the church body as a whole engaging with other Christian church bodies as compared to the proclamation of invitation that happens in worship on a Sunday. Any questions? If you're or getting confused here. So do you see it a lot? Because I guess I only notice this when I work with my CCRI clients and I have some that are Catholic, so yep. I take them to church and... Obviously, I don't go up to get communion, but do you ever see, like, I guess it's that that's a known rule for them, but do you ever see the, like, cross of, like, all right, like, somebody brings their Catholic family in at, to a Lutheran church, yeah. and then they'll go up to do communion, or is it pretty much, like, people who do the closed communion, is it like, nope, I'm, yes. I'm going to do that at my house? I, I've seen it. both. I, I um, presided at a wedding in Bismarck about 20-odd years ago, and um, the the... The couple getting married were Lutheran. The bride's side of the family were Catholic. And there was maybe about a quarter of them. We, we had the Lord's Supper during the wedding. And probably about a quarter of the bride's family did not come up. Okay. Because that was their practice of we only have the sacrament at our <laughs> church. But they also understand it differently <laughs> than we do. Um, there's There's... And, and that's, you know, that's that's the reality of different church bodies mm-hmm. is if you don't agree on what's happening in the sacrament, then you probably shouldn't come forward and receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, but for you, the believer, if you go to a, 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 like, for example, if I went to a Catholic mass, which I have done, um, I will speak to the priest beforehand before receiving the sacrament. Because that's their practice. That's the that's the respectable thing to do. Mm-hmm. I've had priests also say to me, "Yeah, you can come take the sacrament." Um, I've had some that that didn't want me to do that, mm. and it's respecting of them because they're not. I understand by faith alone what is happening in the sacrament, but the movement in the Roman Catholic Mass is in a different direction. It's not for you, the listener, it's, mm-hmm. it's from the priest to God as a sacrifice. And then it's distributed to the people mm-hmm. for Lutherans. It's not a sacrifice. It's not a, a re-sacrifice of Jesus or a sacrifice of Jesus or a, the best way I've heard explaining is that when the mass is happening in 
a Catholic church, and the the Eucharistic prayer is lifted up to God or prayed, what's actually happening is a temporal shift. It's not that Jesus is being re-sacrificed. It's that in the event, um, the congregation that's gathered is being transported to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago in a metaphysical sense. Hmm. Not, not enough to make <laughs> yeah. your head go... <laughs> Which is kind of cool, um, but that's not what we, what is happening is in, in real time in the Lutheran church, the direction is not us to God sacrificing Jesus. The direction is God to us as proclamation of what God is handing over. And so the pastor proclaims to the congregation rather than turning and facing away to them and lifting the elements up in the direction of where God is thought to be. Hmm. So what do they, what do they, uh, in those situations, do they ask you a series of questions? Well, I'll, usually what, what has happened with me, um, cause I've, I've had this issue in the Missouri Synod church too, where I'll just come and say, I'm not a, I'm not a member. I'm not Catholic. I'm Lutheran. And I believe that in receiving the sacrament, I'm receiving Jesus Christ where he promises to be mm-hmm. in such a way that I can know that my sins are forgiven. And I've had a priest say, Great, that's that's what we think too. Come and receive when you hear the promise. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've had someone else say, "Well, uh, very good. Um, our practice here is that if you are not a, a member in good standing of this parish mm-hmm. uh, or the Catholic Church in general, that we ask that you withhold." Mm. Okay, um, but they also do other things. But they're like, "You're cer- certainly welcome to adore." You're cert- you know, th- those are Catholic practices that are different from Lutherans. Um, in the Missouri Synod, I had a, a pastor say, oh, you're, you're a Lutheran pastor. What, uh, uh, of a different denomination. So um, glad you're here. You're welcome to be here. Um, we would ask that you not take this, the Lord's Supper when it comes. Wow. Okay. How do they like differentiate though? So are you, get, are you, are like you if asking? I walk up and take... Like if I believe it and take communion, I was going to ask the same like, thing. Uh-uh, it depends. Again, it depends on the church. This okay. is this. These are kind of general rules okay. that <laughs> fall apart once once you get down to the the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not unheard of of a pastor passing you by. Really? Yeah. And usually that's a sign. It is a weapon of of the clergy that is to be used in very rare circumstances in order to discipline is Mm. to say, you know, I know that you've done something that needs repentance. And so does everybody else at that Mm. point. (laughs) Well, and most likely when that's done is because everyone else already knows too. Okay. And until you repent publicly to the congregation, to the people of God, um, and change your ways, we're going to withhold. And that, wow. that comes from Paul's writings too. I mean, in the same letter to, in 1 Corinthians, he talks about this earlier on about a person who's publicly sinning and that the congregation needs to do some obedience on this. It, it needs to be basically cast out wow. or excommunicated um, so that his soul is saved. That's what Paul says. Hmm. It's in the book, as Paul likes <laughs> to say. <laughs> As, as Pastor Paul likes to say, not the Apostle Paul. 
So, I mean, these are different practices. What do we practice here? We practice as much of an invitation as we can. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't practice what's called radical hospitality, which is to say what this point is saying, that when you say um, come and receive in faith, you're, you're actually putting an addendum on the the welcome. It's not saying anyone come on in, come on in because we're eating. It's saying Jesus is here for you to receive him by faith alone. Mm-hmm. And if, if there's no faith there, um, the implication is don't come <laughs> and okay. receive this. Uh, but the language is, is all positive. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some churches that want to practice radical hospitality, which is to say you believing or not believing doesn't matter. Just come and receive. That's going into a place of error, according to the Lutheran confessions that talk about this. Uh, primarily the formula of Concord, Article 7, talks about the Lord's Supper and that both the worthy and the unworthy will receive it. Again, what makes a person worthy or unworthy to receive the sacrament? Faith. And if you are unworthily receiving Jesus, which means to receive him without faith in him mm-hmm. and without faith that your sins will be forgiven in the eating and the drinking as he promises, you're actually eating it to your condemnation not to your benefit. Okay. Understand? Mm-hmm. And that's where radical hospitality or this idea of um, opening up and saying, anyone who wants, uh, all are invited to come to the feast, whether you believe or not, come and, come and receive Jesus. Um, that's where you're entering into error because you're, you're not listening to what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians. Okay. Thoughts, questions, confusions? You good? Who decided that they should be the gross wafers most of the time? Who decided? Yeah, who who made that choice? I, Where was that that error made? What, what, what was the question again? <laughs> who what? Who decided that most time communion should be those real gross wafers? Oh, that that is before my time. Uh, as far back as I can remember, it's been either fresh bread or it's gonna it's yeah. been the wafers. Mm-hmm. So I I'm gonna do some research on where did the wafers come from? Yeah. So that was question one. There is a question two. There's a question two. If, if we've covered question one to you, this phrase I find a little strange though. Does this not mean all are welcome whether they believe or do not? Now, are they talking? Is the, And so I'm asking anonymous to, when you hear this to, to clarify. Um, I, I would say, doesn't this mean all are welcome whether they believe or not? Is, is, but, but is it, is it Martin Luther's Declaration of Communio Indignorum, which means that? I would guess so. Because it doesn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess Communio Indignorum, or the communion of the unworthy, makes the distinction. Oh, yeah, I guess it, uh, it does. It makes the distinction to say that both the worthy and the unworthy in eating the bread and drinking the wine is receiving Jesus. Okay. Now, they're not receiving it to their benefit. Because... In the, in, in the Calvinist tradition, where we get the Reformed, for example, mm-hmm. if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't receive Jesus. You just okay. receive bread and wine. If you do believe in Jesus, then you receive Jesus mm-hmm. in the bread and the wine. And so it doesn't matter. For the believer, it's a blessing. For the unbeliever, it's nothing. Okay. Um, and Lutherans don't take that position. They, the, the reformed ha- understand that Jesus is not 
truly present in the bread and the wine. He's his spirit is there. Okay. He is not there. Mm-hmm. We believe that it is his true body and true blood. So regardless of what you believe, you are receiving Jesus. Um, but just like hearing the gospel and rejecting it, if you don't receive the Lord's Supper through faith, which is to say, I want Jesus to be my Lord and I want my sins to be forgiven, which is what happens in the Lord's Supper. It's what's handed over. Um, if you believe those things and trust those things, then it's to your benefit. If you don't, then just like rejecting the gospel, it's rejecting the promise of Jesus. You're rejecting the gospel and therefore you're still in your sins. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it does to you. because. <laughs> <it's, laughs> All right. So the next okay. question then is, I have found that certain Lutheran churches will celebrate the Lord's Supper weekly while others bi-weekly or sometimes even less. Why do you only celebrate the Lord's Supper every other week? Thank you and God bless you. The reason why we celebrate the Lord's Supper every other week is because that has been the polity of atonement for as long as I've been here at least. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and the timing of receiving the Lord's Supper really is based on good order. As I mentioned, turn of the 20th century, four times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it, it's just an issue of good order. Some churches, they have communion every week. Yeah. Um, in the Lutheran churches, that started to change in about 1987. Okay. Where a more... A, a more um, more often is communion celebrated in the Lutheran Church, whether it's every week or every other week. And here it's not necessarily every other week. It's the first and third. The first and mm-hmm. third. Yeah. Yeah. So twice a month. Okay. But it's it's meant for good order and it's consistent. Yeah. All right. Well, how was that for you? Oh, that was good. You like G- that? Good going down. Like- since we're talking about the Lord's Supper. <laughs> oh, did you have to dig in quite a bit on this one? Um, no, I, I kind of recognize the term. I just had to do a little research on the language because I've seen it written different ways. Um, and just kind of understanding where the email person, Anonymous, was coming from. Because the, the phrase, does this not mean, kind of th- threw me off. Uh-huh. It's like, does, does... It's like a double negative. Right. Uh-huh. Does this not mean all are welcome whether they believe or not? It does mean all are welcome whether they believe or not. That's communio indignorum. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> learned lots today. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. Where do you think this came from? I don't know. I, I want to make it as simple as possible. Bottom line is, in the Lord's Supper, you're receiving Jesus whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you like it, it's good for you. If you don't like it, it's condemnation to you. There you go. <laughs> I think you should change the intro that you do for the for Lord's Supper. Do it like that? Yeah. You're getting Jesus whether you like it or not. <laughs> what I say is a little different because I give I give instruction. And when we're online, we it, it, you're hearing something different as well, right? Mm-hmm. If you're joining us online rather than in person? Uh, no. No, you still, you still hear... We, you hear the words of institution, but don't you cut from that point and then and then whoever was the preacher gives instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we cut the, uh, we cut right before the uh, uh, instructions to the room. So after the word, so after yeah. the after everything is done, and then whoever it, it, 
do the institution moves on to say, all right, we'll come up this way and you can come around to your left. And so when, when, what I will say is I say the words of institution uh-huh. and I had a teacher who said, one of the worst things you can do is add, just say the words of institution, let the word do its work and don't invite, don't do anything. Just get right into giving it out because there's danger for error there. What I say is the table is set Everything is prepared, and all are invited to come to the feast in faith. Mm -hmm. Come and receive Jesus Christ where he promises to be in such a way that you can be assured that he is your Lord and Savior, that you have received him again this day through faith, Mm -hmm. and that all of your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Well, what did I just do there? I didn't say, if you're not this and this, then don't come up. But I did say that. By laying out the 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 proclamation, it's preaching. It's announcing yeah. this is what it is, um, and this is what you're going to receive. Well, what receives that? Faith receives it. Um, if you don't have any faith, you don't believe it, and you're not taking it to your blessing. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, and that makes the broadcast every time. By the way, oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. I mean, that's, that's about as instructive as you can get with the Lord's Supper and explaining what is happening um, beyond the, the admonition of uh, only believing baptized members of good standing of this congregation may receive the Lord's Supper, which okay. is what some churches will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In okay. order to avoid communio indignorum. Gotcha. I sent you a text, Sarah. Do you want to read it? It said... I sent this email. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji, finger over mouth emoji, shush. <laughs> you sent this? <laughs> Days ago. Your grammar is horrible. <laughs> you sent it to yourself and then you sent it to me? <laughs> yep. You, oh my goodness. So this stands by. It, it I was bet great you, watching you and Paul the other day. <laughs> I stand by. You probably sent the one earlier too, didn't you? No, I no, I did not. Yeah. This is the first time I've ever done such a thing. <laughs> All right, so here's my question for you. What are you asking? <laughs> I just needed an episode. <laughs> like, where did you come up with this phrase, communio indignorum? Uh, I actually, um, I believe that I read it in... Um, um, hang on, I'll be right back. You read it in the Confessions. No, I read it in, um, uh, what is the name of the book that I'm reading right now? I, it's it's slipping my mind. Okay. Uh, uh, Brot, Broughton? Oh, you're reading Carl Broughton. Yep. Okay, okay. <laughs> and what is you're he, welcome. What does oh, he have to say about uh, Kenyo and Ignorant? I'd, I'd have to go get it. Oh, man. That'll be I next feel, week's I, episode. I feel totally punked. <laughs> <laughs> well at first you sent me that text and i read it like right before dj had his turn in first corinthians i was like is he talking about that first email what email he's talking about i was like oh yeah we're talking about an email <laughs> my attention span oh there. i need you need a, like a want want yeah. <laughs> oh. there we go don't tell paul till after i leave today okay because <laughs> <laughs> you guys spent some time on that after staff well, and that's why he got me thinking in two directions here, because he had the other one. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess so. Man. Uh, oh. 
Well, I appreciate you. You're welcome. Appreciate you, Ryan. (laughs) Here I'm thinking, man, we have some really interesting uh, listeners, but it's just you. Yeah. Well, it's the real. I thought too. Like, I'm really interested in like, oh yeah, come on, like, come worship, join us. Yeah. No, it was Ryan. Yep. It was was just me. Well, good. So, uh, uh, anonymous email sender, uh, if you could clarify, because your your grammatical stru- uh, sentence structure is a little horrendous. Well, I had to. I had to. It had to be a good ruse if it was going to be a ruse. Oh, wonderful! Yeah. All so right, what else do we have? Lots of stuff coming up on the uh, horizon this week. Oh man, yeah. If you're if you're listening to this. Uh, um, fairly well. Actually, by the time this oh. this drops, uh, rally day will be oh. will be behind us. So then you have, you have to pause right now after listening to this and go quick register for stuff so you can join next week. <laughs> they would we'll wait. They would have joined last <laughs> week. We'll wait. Now we're confusing people. Well, you can't join after the start date. You talking about me specifically? I'm talking about like the stuff that's going on. Can we talk about Communio Indignorum? Yeah, of course. You can. <laughs> Every week, as clear as possible. Because <laughs> now I'm lost. Here's the bad thing: you mentioned where you got that source, and now I have a whole different thread of argument. That's that's like okay, now I know where this is coming from. I can speak to the perspective. But you have to wait for another episode of that podcast for that one. Do that one next week, Dana. We'll really, really appreciate talk it. About Carl Rotten. <laughs> I apologize. All right. Well, what do do we have time for another question? Or are we running low? Yeah, three minutes till the hour. Well, two minutes till the hour. Well, we do better. you have another question? I have another question. I can't remember where this one came from, but it wasn't for it me. It came from your mind. I'm yeah. sure. No, right? no, no, it didn't. His it other books. His reading. other burner account. <laughs> No, no. Uh, can I can I read the question and we'll answer it next time? Sure. All right. Where did the idea of witches, warlocks, and people selling their souls to the devil for power come from? Ooh, good one. Mm-hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Wow. Can you do that one in two weeks? I'm in, not here next in, week. In two weeks? Yeah, I'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, uh, sure. Yeah, okay. we can we can wait two weeks. I want weeks. to be here for that. We'll wait two weeks because then uh, that gets us a little bit closer to Halloween. Ooh. Spooky. Yeah. Great. Now I'm going to be now I'm going to be sending out information on the interwebs, researching witches, warlocks, and other <laughs> nasty hoodoo. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Just I'm going to go home and watch Halloween Town. My computer. That's going to be my <laughs> research. The overlords are going to be going communio indignant. <laughs> what and warlock? What? Who is this guy? <laughs> Flag. <laughs> I know, right? Some FBI wanted list. <sighs> Good times. Computer's going to be haunted. All right. Well, that's. it sounds like this has been enough for today. Pray us out of here, Ryan, with <laughs> your <right>. Latin. <laughs> I don't know Latin. <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Uh, Lord, thank you for, um, thank you for DJ and... Um, uh, the knowledge that he has and um, the the ability that he has to teach um, these things and and break them down in a, um, a way that even I can can uh, kind of sort of grasp them. 
Um, I appreciate him and I appreciate Sarah and, uh, and, and all that they do for that podcast and all the people who listen um, every week. Lord, I pray that whoever is listening uh, would, be, would be blessed, uh, that they would draw closer to you by what they hear and the, the subjects that we dive into, Lord. Um, and God, I ask uh, for blessings on everyone. And in these, I, it, in, I pray, thank you, and in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Ryan. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, atonementfargo.org, atonement.live, and YouTube. You can find all sorts of things from Atonement Fargo. Um, just search Atonement Fargo, and you can see uh, services this weekend at 9 and 10.30 a.m. Um, you can watch past services. You can watch the now-complete Revelation Bible study. Somebody could go and binge Ooh. the whole thing. Completed, yes. Sit down for, gosh, how long is it? Man, it's, 12 hours? Woo! Right? That's like bingeable. A, yeah. It's like a Netflix documentary. Yeah, that's, that's a weekend. <laughs> that's yeah. probably equal to Tiger King. Yeah. Same time. <laughs> Good times. And, and even more interesting than... Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Just like so, with Tiger King, every episode, the next episode, you're like, it can't get any worse. It can't get any worse. And it, oh, and it keeps it's, getting worse. It's, it's a dumpster fire. Um, so, yeah, you can find all that stuff at uh, those websites that I mentioned, atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, and YouTube. Um, if you have any questions, uh, whether you're anonymous or not, you can submit those to... <laughs> And if you don't, Ryan, I'll just come yep, up with Don't something. worry, Ryan will send his own in. <laughs> yeah, help me out because uh, I don't want to come up with anything like that ever again. Um, you can you can do that at atonement.live or you can go to that podcast.net or you can find us on Facebook as well and submit questions that way. Um, so for Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura, my name is Ryan Jenke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of that podcast. Hit the button prematurely there, my bad. <laughs> You know.